and welcome to another episode of Talking Talk, a special, a very special episode of Talking Talk, where we are going to be catching up and uh, previewing season eight. Is it season eight? I feel like we're all not there. Season eight, season nine, seven, seven. The final season of Game <laughs> of Thrones. Yeah. So. Uh, TJ, you want to do uh, lead this uh, little discussion? Yeah, y'all definitely are. Yeah, Brent's watched the series three times now. Um, Two and a half. There, there are the first three seasons, first like four, four seasons. seasons or so. I've watched probably two or three times, and you've watched um, everything since twice. And recently, like a few months ago, you. Yeah, I started my rewatch of the show in February and okay. plowed through it in like three weeks. Um, Chris has seen multiple episodes multiple times, but is is caught up and watches a ton of uh, YouTube videos. We recommend Alt Shift X a lot on here, yeah, especially for Game of Thrones stuff. Not just Game of Thrones stuff, but um, that Chris has also read uh, everything that's been published, right, of the books. So he's got none of the spoiler chapters because I don't want it. Yeah, I'll wait till it comes out in book normal. form. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I've read all the books and uh, keeps up with that and uh, has a good memory, which is <laughs> necessary for this conversation and why I'm running it. Um, I've watched all Game of Thrones. I've read A History of Ice and Fire, which doesn't really help much with what's going on in the TV show. But I felt sure. left out uh, for a lot of the shit that I felt I would like. Yeah, um, the universe building. Yeah, just like Aegon's Conquest sounded like something that was cool and I wanted to know more about it. Mm-hmm. So there's six hours of audiobook. Um, about uh, talking about Aegon's conquest and the three dragons and the riders and his sisters and sister wives and all that. Um, so I've read that, but like I said, that really won't help for this conversation. So I wanted y'all to, who uh, out of the people I know the most, uh, out of the people I know know the most about Game of Thrones, and kind of just run down the uh, main and some minor characters. Nobody's super minor, um, but uh, especially the ones that are still alive. Or at least moving on uh, Westeros, um, and kind of talk about their character arcs through the show so far, um, what we know about from the books, um, and where we think their arcs will end. Um, we're not going to do like Deathpool shit on no. there, and who's going to die, and who we think will die first. Uh, if that comes up, that's fine. But just talk about where we think their arcs are going to go in the next what. Nine hours of Game of Thrones. The last nine hours of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I wanted to run it because I'm going to be like, no, the little one with the pokey sword. <laughs> uh, I'm bad with names. I do want to start with Arya anyway, and it's number one on, on the list I have here uh, because she was in the news a little bit recently with a hilarious little joke on The Tonight Show. She played an April Fool's joke that Arya dies in uh, episode two of this season. Uh it was some of the best acting I've seen Maisie Williams do. <laughs> not that's not saying that she's bad in anything because it was incredible. It was just well sold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, runs off stage, comes back with an April Fool's joke. Um, so that was fun. But Arya has a you know definitely one of like the three main or four main characters in Game of Thrones in the whole series. She has a lot of like mini arcs and has an interesting one where we are now because I feel like it's like purely driven by revenge, right? Um, so, do y'all have, like, I don't know, favorite Arya story arcs or favorite Arya moments? Um, and where you think she'll end up? Kind of what's what's left for her to do on Westeros? I really liked her, um, 
her voyage with the Hound. Uh, that's some of my favorite bits of Game of Thrones have been the traveling tales. So, you know, not to jump ahead, but, you know, the... Uh, Jamie Brienne, also uh, Jamie Catlin, uh, all really good. Um, you know, John's ranging above, like north of the wall. Some fun television, and Arya's whole arc. You know, the Hound was on her list forever, and then he still is now. And so then she. Oh, because she thinks he's dead. Though, right. Yeah, she, yeah. Well, she thinks he's dead, but she also there's there's one night after they've been together for a long time where she takes the hound off the list. Okay. She, she she drops him, um, and then goes through because um, I think it's after the red wedding he like you know catches her again because she's like trying to get close to see what's happening or, like to I don't know if she thinks she can stop it or whatever, but he like saves her from self destruction basically. But I really like that. It's you know. She's she's kind of always been fueled by a need for revenge and a bloodlust that, you know, the Hound helped her see, like, hey, this isn't the time or the place. Like, you need to get stronger, you need to grow older, and really kind of narrow it down to what you can do. Like, he makes fun of her list having Cersei on it. Because it's like, you're not going to get close enough for the Queen to kill her. And it's funny, <clears throat> now we see what she's capable of doing... Where she murders an entire house. Mm-hmm. Like an old house and that like, controlled one of the most important castles in Westeros. And like hang sparring with Brienne, who's like one of the best with a sword left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick before Brent jumps in, who's on Arya's list that's left? The Mountain is on that list, right? Yeah. And technically he's still there. We'll get to that later. Well, she, well, she killed Marin Trance. Marin Trance dead. That's the executor? No, he was. Uh, she eventually took the executor off her list. I, I saw. Um, yeah, I noticed that. Okay. Ill and Pain. Uh, Marin Trant was the uh, the guy who he was a uh, he led the uh, attack on Silvio Farrell. Yeah. He came in her dancing, her sword teacher. Oh right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about him. She killed him when she when he came with an envoy to uh, Bra- to Bravos, and uh, that's where she disguised herself as a prostitute. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. in one of the uh, maybe one of the the bloodiest deaths Game of Thrones has seen, it was violent. Yeah. So is it just Cersei in the mountain? Cersei in the mountain. Um, I can't remember. So she kills Polliver in the tavern, right? Polliver was one of the guards who uh, was like, I don't know if if he killed somebody when they were. When she was going by Aerie and they were going up north. He's the one who, uh, the the kid who had hurt his leg and they couldn't, the, he's the one who decided he couldn't bring him with him anymore. So he, he as he, he pretended to help him up and stuck his sword oh, out right. as he pulled him to him. Yeah. But so I think she's killed Polliver. Yeah, I don't know if there's many people left on her mm-hmm. list. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, like, my fa- yes, my favorite Arya story arcs, and I think they are, number one is her and the Hound. And number two is season one for Arya. Season one, not my favorite season for a lot of characters, but I think for Arya, it is my favorite season because I think she has the most interesting relationship with her father of any of the Stark kids. I think yeah. I always liked seeing Ned and Arya together, and um, yeah, I think that's really what feels her because she's also the only she's also the one you know who's present 
for his well, since is present too, but for his execution. Um, the question now for like where she goes is like kind of tough for me because I feel like she's a useful assassin to have in your ranks, but like, is her bloodlust satiated yet? Yeah, I feel like it's starting to be. Also, how useful is an assassin in this situation right. with the the White Walkers coming? Right. So, I mean, there might be a scenario where she, like, fucks off from Winterfell and goes and about her dirty business in King's Landing mm-hmm. uh, while all of this is going on. But that doesn't... She at least now is presenting as someone who's, like, very stark loyal. She's made up with... with you know, they had that nice sisterly bonding moment where they killed Littlefinger. Is that the last we... When's the last we see of Arya? What's the last we see of Arya? Uh, it's, pr- it's pretty much that. It's pretty okay. much the... The Littlefinger resolution. Yeah, they have a conversation on the top of the wall of Winterfell afterwards, I believe, mm-hmm. where they talk about like, you know, because they've 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 alluded to the fact that they talked about like all the shit they had to go through, and so then that conversation is very just like chummy. They're like, you know, I had no idea you had to go through all that, and Arya and Sansa says the same thing to Arya, and so they're that that's where they are like emotionally and with their relationships, so. Yeah, and she's kind of come full circle. I feel like she's now, like, she and Sansa have a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. In the sense of, like, we're never going to be alike, and I no longer begrudge you for not being like me. Right. Um, so, like, I don't know how much more there is for the Arya story that's necessary, other than she can just take part in the big fight to come. Right. Kind of how I feel. Yeah, um, and, and y'all talked about Sansa some there. I, I do like... What Brett was saying about the story arc for Arya in season one kind of growing into what she had to... Uh, I think Sansa does a lot of that, too. Not as much in season one, but kind of becoming the lady that she wanted to be, but in, like, a horrible, horrible way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but let's go ahead and talk about her, I guess, a little bit, about Sansa. She's a character that annoyed the shit out of me early on, and she became one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, again, though, it's kind of that, like, forced growing. Like, she had to grow up so quick. And, you know... Kind of learned a lot from Cersei, I want to say, especially oh, with the yeah. way she dealt with. Um, he's not on my list because he's dead. Oh, Robert Aaron? No, uh, the fucking Ramsey. Yes, Ramsey Bolton. I was gonna say Joffrey Morse. <laughs> Joffrey, the sequel. Um, yeah, but I think a lot of the ways she dealt with him and the way she dealt with Littlefinger was super reminiscent of what Cersei would have done. Yeah, she's like she she rules like Ned Stark. But without the fault of of Ned Stark being too loyal and too like respectful of people, just learned how to be like cunning and yeah, without being evil, kind of. I mean, she's had the best teachers in Westeros for how to rule, mm-hmm. yeah, like either by good example or bad. That's true. I mean, I say the Cersei thing, but like she's got the same like psychopathic personality traits that Ramsay had. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ramsey was a smart dude as far as outsmarting other people. You know what I mean? Including his dad and everybody fucking else. Um, mm-hmm. But do y'all have, like, favorite Sansa moments up to now? Goth. I, mean, I, I thought Sansa. Goth Sansa. When she dyes your hair black for, like, two days. <laughs> That's up in the eerie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. They, they really they really kind of moved past that pretty quickly. I was super enthralled with Littlefinger's death and how that all played out. I mm-hmm. thought that was really well done. Um, I, I liked the fake cat and mouse game that you are 
you are led to believe that Littlefinger's in control of. So well done. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of that from the POV of Littlefinger. Yeah. So it just make it reinforces that he's in control when he yeah. has zero control. It, through all that, he has nothing. You know, and you realize that at the end, it was really good. It's hard to pick a Sansa moment, I bet, for y'all because it's like, oh, I loved in her in season two and three when she was constantly getting like raped and tortured, or in seasons four and five when she was constantly getting raped and tortured. Like, there's nothing that you're like, this was fun, right? Because her life just sucked so bad until kind of. Halfway through last season, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the I think it's the season before where she starts to take hold. But it's uh, I guess pretty much after Ramsey dies. It's it's yeah, the Battle of the Bastards is sort of her finally having some relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I, I agree. I, I can't really point to a single Sansa moment, but at the same time, she is one of my favorite characters on the show, just because of the way she has evolved over time and the way she has evolved. I feel like it just it makes so much sense as a character like it just it's the character it's one of the characters they've just nailed like yeah <clears throat> like um this sweet girl just wants to be a princess she wants to be a yeah. queen and a princess yeah. and then she has become just hardened by all of the stuff that has happened to her that and, she's had to endure and now i think that she's probably my not best as in what i think is going to happen but if I were to pick any one of the major characters to be like, oh, you'd be a good ruler. Sansa is the first person on my list there. Yeah. Like, I think that John is too emotional. And, I mean, we see that with him being like, well, then I'll personally go and fetch the dead body. It's like, why, dude? You've got a whole fucking half of a continent. I know. Like, send somebody else. Um, and same with same with Daenerys. She's way too emotional. And, you know, there, there are people on here, like, you know, Ferris is too logical. He's too heartless. I think He's too cold. I think Tyrion would be a great ruler, except for the fact that you need to also like inspire people to follow you, right? And like, like to to have people respect you. And I think Tyrion just always has that working against him, which is why he's slotted into his role as a hand really right. well. It's a great hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would be a great ruler too. He just right. unfortunately is like it's like oh this person would be a great fighter pilot, but they need glasses, right? Whatever. Right. So, um. What do you think she has to do in the final season? Since we don't know what number it is. All the shit we know about Game of Thrones. I mean, I think that, that, that she's really going to be... I mean, Winterfell is going to be basically the last stand. Um, like, I, I don't think that if Winterfell falls, that anything else is going to stand up to it. Like, there's a, there's a chance that they like all retreat to Dorne, but that'd be like stupid. Um, <laughs> It'd be boring if they just did the logical... It's like, uh, I know that that's... A, Run that's, away! I, I know that Sotheros is really dangerous, but let's all get on boats and just go hang out in basically Africa. Right. For, like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I think that, that she's going to... I mean, it's going to break... To, I think John is going to be more of, like, a general in the fight, and Sansa is going to be more like the ruler. And kind of, like, keeping the homestead working, like... That's I think that, that she is the the biggest and best regent she's ever going to be, and she just needs to rule the north mm-hmm. next season. I was thinking about it. This, it does present a, a great opportunity for the next season to be the best Sansa season, to be the one that I'm that, that is yeah. Because she's not reflection. getting like, fucking tortured the whole time too. It's yeah. like not that that wasn't great TV, but 
You know what I mean? It's yeah. fucking hard to watch. Yeah, it's also hard when like a character has so little agency over anything. So yeah, zero control. Yeah. And at a certain point, I think it actually did border on like not great TV at times too, because it was like we've already seen her be punished, just like brutally and brutalized over and over again. Right. Like it felt a little over the top when she was also like raped on her wedding night and whatnot. Yeah. Like it's just like, well, this doesn't add anything to the, We already knew Ramsey was an awful person. We already knew Sansa was already toughened by yeah. her circumstances over the years. So like, yeah, she spent seven years, you know, sleeping with literal psychopaths. And that was the that was the that was the main criticism of that episode, which was just like, you know, it, it, it was. It didn't really add anything, and it just felt like a gratuitous torture. I feel like it was probably, uh, not to say this is a great choice or a bad choice, but I feel like the choice was probably made just so, just a, like a quick reminder before she essentially does the same thing to Ramsey. And, I mean, she tortures him and kills him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just chewed up by dogs by them on the face. You know what I mean? And that's also, I mean, it is the moment where Littlefinger's fate is kind of sealed because he sent her to him. And, no. and he knowing, knowing that he's, he's a monster. A psychopath, yeah. yeah. I, am, I am kind of looking forward to and hoping that we get a Tyrion Sansa reunion because Tyrion you know, was always like, that was when you realized, like, oh, he's not a bad guy. He's right. just like a piece of, like a piece of shit, but not a bad guy. Yeah. Also, uh, she always had a, fun relationship as did her sister with the Hound. Yeah. The Hound is, is super creepy with Sansa. And and I think it's part of him like kind of like the like like killing and battling and working for like the Lannisters is like bending him to mm-hmm. a, almost a breaking point and Sansa is just so innocent he calls her Little Bird. Little Bird. Right? Yeah. Uh, let's move on and finish up the uh you know, living blood relatives of House Stark, and even though this one is nothing like his siblings, <laughs> uh, and I guess he's really not Bran anymore, he's the Three-Eyed Raven, but, uh, I mean, obviously it's like the weirdest character in the show, and, because mm-hmm. it's essentially like... He's uh, a wizard. Yeah. He's, like, there are all these people, it's like, oh, John, we're talking, like, <clears throat> Arya's good with a sword and she's an assassin. This dude's a straight-up fucking time mage. He's like a, like, god powers, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and the only one. It's not like a race of them, or, right. like, other people can learn this thing. He's got this ability that seems, we talked about Highlander earlier, but kind of seems like that. Like, yeah. there's one. Yeah, um, he's, like, the hero that could really help things the most, and... Unfortunately, he's also a nihilist. But that's the thing. It's that that's like that's that's the it's Doctor Manhattan, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's when you are so powerful that you know how everything has begun and how everything ends. Like you know that that your contribution to it bears little importance. Anyone's individual action doesn't matter. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what would you do if you had all this power? It's like, well, you can have all these plans, but once you get it, maybe you'll just realize that it's pointless. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know anybody who could pretend to know like what he. His story arc is super interesting, obviously for for many reasons. We'll get into that. But like, as far as what he's going to do in season eight, no fucking clue. I mean, right now, I feel like he's just there as an agent of of like information. Like he's going to. He is what he, along with Sam, is what's going to give us the. Daenerys John 
weird romance plus power struggle. So explain right. that because uh, I've get a little got a little bit confused on that. Apparently, or one of y'all, David or Al or one of y'all, said like, so he's got half the knowledge and Sam's got the other half. Explain that. So, um, Bran knows that John is the biological child of Lyanna Stark. Okay. And Sam knows that uh, they uh, that Lyanna and Rhaegar Targaryen were legally married. So, so okay. So Brandon, so he so knows he's not a bastard of. Well, he doesn't know. Bran just knows that. Oh, this he is a he is of the Targaryen blood, and Samwell knows that. Not Samwell. Sam. Uh, Sam yeah. Samwell. Samwell knows that uh, he is. The true born heir yeah, he to the is, throne. He is he is fully legitimate. Well, he knows that they were married. So if they had a child, their child would be legitimate. Yes. So he so Bran also knows who the father is. Bran knows who the father is. Sam does not. We, we at least have to assume that he would know that because he knows fucking everything. Yes. Okay. Well, everybody else would be able to put it together because Lyanna had been kidnapped. Had been quote unquote kidnapped by Rhaegar for like months. Yeah. So. Okay. So basically, as long as soon as he reveals Lyanna is your mother, everybody's going to know who the father is. Yeah. Got it. And also, he knows that Rhaegar is the father because Lyanna, he's there when Lyanna tells Ned, name him Rhaegar. Okay. So. Wait, so, is it Rhaegar or is it, uh, is it Rhaegar? Yeah. Is his name no, Rhaegar? It's, it's Aegon. Aegon, Aegon the Conqueror. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's named for Aegon the Conqueror. I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. I just got chills. I forgot all about that moment. So, uh, so we're doing this a little backwards before we get in our favorite brand moments and arcs. Um, does anybody have anything on what he might be doing? Next, yeah, like like in the next season. I, 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 it's so far gone. I don't know what does Wikipedia do when you don't use it. <laughs> just fucking sits there. <laughs> 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 I think that's what Brand's gonna do. Brand's the internet. Yeah, no one's people, like what's what? What does he care? He saw that the children created the White Walkers and that the White Walkers got out of hand and then they killed the children. And so now it's like, all right, well, I, he's the, he fucking gave away the only weapon that he's ever held in his hands. <laughs> he had a dagger for like two seconds that could kill White Walkers. Like here you go, all right, you should have this. This sucks. I can't I, can't use this. I do think he will help fight the White Walkers. Well, not like physically fight, but like, I think he will help in the, I, I, I think he will take part. Who's he with now? Who's surviving out of that little traveling troop of folk? Mira. She's the only one left? Yes. Uh, uh, because uh, Jojen was killed before they got into the cave. Yeah. Uh, Hodor died. The, the Three-Eyed Raven, previous Three-Eyed Raven died in the cave and then Hodor was died outside the cave. Ho- holding the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> all the yeah, children of the really woods that were with them died as well, right? Yeah, no, all of them survived. Right. Okay. It was a really, really sad moment the last season near the end, where you can tell that <clears throat> that Mira has like fallen in love with Bran, almost, almost like a Stockholmsian type mm-hmm. situation. But and then when Bran's like, she, you just see her in the background when Bran's having some conversation with someone else, and he's like, "I'm not Bran anymore. I don't have any needs. I don't have any desires. Anything." She's just kind of like, "Ah, oh, shucks." Yeah. <laughs> She bolted last yeah. season. She went back home to 
her father. Oh, so she's gone too. She's gone back to the Reed household. Where so is Brandon alone? No, he's at Winterfell. Oh, that's Brandon's right. That's really Sansa. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just not in any of the promo materials, which is strange. I think, I honestly think, and I don't think they're doing it because they're like sh- shaming disabled people. But I, I don't think that the image works as well of them walking around in the crypts, and then you've got Brandon in his wheelchair. Right. Mm-hmm. But so, for some reason, they're not showing him in Winterfell, but he's fucking out there touching that weirwood. I think the reason I think he's going to be engaged in the in the, the current events of the era is that, you know, like, when he got to Winterfell, he just said, is John here? I need to speak to John. I have something to tell John. Yeah. So, like, he is using his Wikipedia abilities for, you know... To be helpful in yeah. some way. It's just... Right. Well, one more question on current brand kind of. Why can the White Walkers see him when he's time jumping? It's just the Night's King. Why? See him? What do we think? I think that there's some kind of connection. Uh, either that, you know, he is... It's a connection between, like, nature and the weirwoods and the... Because the ability is called green seeing. Okay. Um, and the... Ability to like warg is related to that. It's some of like the the magic of the old gods. Okay. So I think that that, that is what the Night's King is using also, and so maybe it's a, you know, they're both using it so they can interact with each other in a way that other people or other entities wouldn't be able to. Okay. Because the the the, th- the three eyed raven like warns Bran before he goes on his little adventure as a flock of crows and gets grabbed. Right. Um, so that's what I think, at least. Yeah, so, so it's, you know, I don't think that they're connected by like a bloodline or anything. But I mean, right. I think they are connected by a bloodline because sure, the you know the the main White Walkers are do look like Starks when they show that flashback of them creating the first White Walker, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, in the North and all that. Yeah, so it makes sense. Um, do y'all have anything else on kind of the brand story arc or favorite brand moments? I mean, the whole door episode is one of the most powerful episodes of the series. I think maybe not the best, but definitely powerful. Brand's, Brand's not one of my favorite characters. Um, I like the cool stuff he does with magic, so I don't really nothing really jumps out at me. Yeah, I really liked Brand at the beginning of the series, and Brand's just been kind of a downer since. Yeah, <laughs> let's tie these next two together because they are <laughs> uh, John and Danny. Hmm. Um, definitely the most like popular characters on the show. I think mm-hmm. the most yeah. well liked by the masses. They're your fire and ice. Yeah. Um, really well written, really well acted. I think uh, in the show, even though I haven't seen either one of these people. Kit Harrington was on SNL uh, this past weekend, and he was actually really funny. He was like, "Let's talk about the other movies I've been in, though." And he starts listing them off. And he's like, "Anybody see that?" Didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but they're both really good in this, and they have crazy character arcs. I mean, the two characters that go through the most. Just like bonkers up and down shit. Right. Yeah, they're John and Danny. Probably the most. I would say. I guess they're the closest thing the show has to singular protagonists. Well, they're two of the three protagonists of the show in my mind. Mm. Tyrion. Tyrion being the third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it'll be. I don't know. I, I and I don't. I think that all the interesting stuff is probably behind them. Yeah. Um. Because mm-hmm. it was it. They're more a mystery, and that they've gotten together now. It's like okay. Well, now that happened, like, they gotta fight the bad guys, and that's it. Do y'all think that it's a possibility that the show ends with them ruling together as a couple? I think it's a possibility. Possibility? I don't think it's a likelihood, but I think it's a possibility. 
Um, Do you think it's not likely for show reasons or because of their blood sharing? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the show ever really makes you give a shit if anyone is... Yeah, that's why I, ho- I just hope they don't feel like they need to write that out. Yeah. Because it's like, we're in a universe where literally nobody gave a shit. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've accepted that. Yeah, so. where Danny's whole ancestry is based on yeah. incest. <laughs> right. Um, which is why they all look like they have... Uh, they look like they were extras in powder. For powder too. They're pale, they have white hair and purple eyes. Like, yeah. it's such a strange genetic trait. Right. Um, but, no, I mean, it, Martin, and I know this is getting too much into the extemporaneous materials, but Martin has said as much that he doesn't think that, that people will see it as a happy ending, but he doesn't think that people will see it as a sad ending. But he does think that people will see it as, like, definitive. Um, and he's like, that was my goal... But it's not going to be, you know, like, and then everyone threw their arms up in the air and celebrated. Yeah, it's not uh, going to be like the uh, Star Wars dance party. Right. Or whatever. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the references and the the veneration of Tolkien are pretty clear, I think, in Game of Thrones. And so if he went for a Tolkien-like ending, it would make sense to me. Like, yes, you defeat the evil menace... But then you also have, you know, them returning to the Shire and it's like burned down. It is gone. Right. And you've got characters departing and saying their final goodbye. Um, so it'll be interesting. Mm hmm. But I think it's a possibility. Yeah. 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 Their season eight's kind of easy to, pre- to predict, which is they'll work together to defeat the White Walkers. I think they'll succeed in some way, in that way. And then. Uh, you're just going to have the conflict also of uh, of who should be the who sh- between the two of them should they consider the rightful heir. So that's the question I have for y'all. That is the most like clickbaity thing I really want to talk about on this episode. One um, A is there a throne at the end of the season, and one B if there is, who's sitting on it? Um. Uh... Be fun if the answer is no. I'm not convinced that there will be. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like Tyrion really pitches this idea of a democratically elected leader, um, and basically says, like, "Well, like, Danny, that's how you've done this. You don't realize that you've done this. You tell people you're the queen, queen by rightful heir, mm-hmm. but you really have gone up to a bunch of people and go, follow me." If you want to follow me, follow me. But I'm the slaves. Yeah. She was like, you're free. You're free. Do what you you want. Here's my plan. If you like that plan, come with me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so, and he's, I forget what, she has like a a council meeting and he's like kind of pitching this democracy thing with Varys like super hard. But I think that it might, maybe the end state of Westeros is it is split back up into like the north, you know, the riverlands and they all have their leader and, they have someone who they select to lead them in Westeros. This is the, the whole thing that maybe it un, uh, unbinds the Seven Kingdoms and they can just go back to being Seven Kingdoms or whatever. Yeah. That just work together for in a more democratic way. I yeah. Mean, that's how the Iron Islands do it. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be really good at what they do. Yeah, man. I want the, I want Bear Island Girl to rule. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's my... Yeah, she'd be a good pick. My vote. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if there is a throne, a singular throne, though, uh, 
do y'all have a best guess on who of those two would? I feel like I could see John not wanting it and Danny also being like, well, it should be you. Because technically it should be John. Right. Like, if we're, you know what I mean, getting like, let's go see what the bylaws are. Right. Um, but I feel like you would have then her being like, well, it's not me. I'm not the rifle heir. You're the rifle heir. And John going like, I don't want any of this, so. And I feel like he'd be, he really doesn't. Well, I think that, that who is actually on the throne is it's going to show them having sex in a tower spire in Winterfell. And then some other kid, after they defeated the White Walker, some other kid's going to climb up the window and be like, is that somebody and his aunt fucking? And then they're going to kick him out the window. And then the Game of Thrones is going to start over. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm interested in favorite Danny moments because I think she's got several to pick from and there might not be a consensus from you two. Uh, I have one and it is clear to me number one in my mind and it's when she is negotiating with the slavers at the top of that like overlook uh, and, with the... and he's basically like you have nothing you've got nothing to negotiate with like what are you talking about why are you even here and then the dragon just flies up and it's like yo bitch got dragons <laughs> so this is not when she gets the slave army not no that no but that scene is really good too. Yeah. That's oh wait, what, that's what I was. I thought that's what. This you is afterwards when she's like meeting with them. They're like on a bluff overlooking the city, and they're talking about the sons of the harpies. And she's telling them like like cut it out with the sons of the harpies shit, like all that stuff. And he's like, "What do you have to bargain with?" And she's like, "Like a, a mobile flamethrower. Mm-hmm. That's what I have." Is that the first time you see like the full size dragon? Mm, maybe I thought the first time was in the fighting pit rebellion. I know the first time is the end of the season where they're just flying over the mm-hmm. ocean. Not the ocean yet, because all that stuff. The bay. Yeah. Some some water. Yeah. Um, for my, me, mine would probably be the slave one, though. Just the, and it's kind of the same vibe I've seen. Yeah. But the whole reveal of, like, you know, your slaves are slaves and my thing's not a slave. Right. That you can't tame it. Uh, for me, it, it is her killing every call... And binding all the uh, Dothraki to her <laughs> yeah. as a result. So pretty cool when she burns down that whole the temple with all the calls inside and yeah. that's emerges. Her, that's her first army, I guess, kind of right. Um, no, it's the last. It's after oh, it's, she does that. After it's after. Oh, the that's right. They're all pit. back. Yeah, it's yeah, when yeah, she yeah. gets captured. The right. dragon drops her off after escaping from the fighting pit. She gets captured by the Dothraki and sent to live with all the. Dothrak or the all the calls wives basically all the, calls the Khaleesi, yeah the old Khaleesi's yeah um, and they all hate her and give her shit and all that yeah and yeah. so um, yeah that's a that's a great great moment for me yeah nice um, kind of the last of the major major characters I feel like and then I think this will go a little bit quicker um, but Tyrion um, we say that they're Danny and John are like two of the three protagonists. Tyrion's probably the most liked character on the show. He's got the best like quippy moments, yeah, um, and probably the best at acting on the show as well. Yes, Def- definitely the least capable when it comes to people who are going to fight the the, the White Walkers. So it'll be interesting to see what he does next season because it's like there's no fucking way they're going to put him on the front line. Well, yeah, he's a he's kind of a political mastermind too. Right. I mean. Uh, mastermind might be strong, but very intelligent when it mm-hmm. comes to political science, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember much about him with a military mind. I know he kind of tried to lead the battle at Blackwater. Was his 
his sort yes. of forced into it. Where it was, were his efforts successful? Were they good? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He was the he was the one who decided to use the uh, the wildfire and to, okay. and to draw the uh, to split the bay. Okay. And split the uh, the ships in half. Okay. So, was, uh, yeah. I mean, that was really good. But that's also like we've seen one move. We've by also him militarily. We've also seen him screw up last season as Danny's main military advisor when they got here, and he he is the one who got. All the unsullied stranded in Casterly uh, Rock. He got hoodwinked. Yeah. yeah. While all the Lannisters marched south to Dorne. Nope, not Dorne. To uh, High Garden. High Garden. Yeah. Finally got to see High Garden for yeah. like five minutes. And then, and then it was, it's Danny's brute force afterwards, where she's like, "Well, you know what? I'm not going to take this loss. I'm not. I'm not going to let the paint <coughs> dry on it. I'm going to fly out there on my fucking dragon, which all of you have been telling me not to do. And is it, is it John who tells her like? You need to let your dragons be dragons sometimes, uh, or she says that to some extent, some or some metaphor. Yeah, yeah. And then that awesome loot train battle, which yeah. is not really a battle, but right. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know what Tyrion's chops really are going to be. I think this is he. He might kind of take a back seat to some of this action. Yeah. He's you know just advisor, continued advisor. I think he's sort of settled into his final role. Yeah. Any chance any of those bullshit rumors of him being uh, a, a Targaryen? Yeah. No. Well, it's no. like I don't it's, think so. It's either. kind of a pointless reveal at this time. True. Yeah. It's not. It takes away from his character. Like it. He's he's a more interesting character if he is a indeed a Lannister because yeah. then it is his it is his blood who's treating him like shit. Yeah. For his whole life. Which and to jump ahead like that's that's why that for me is my favorite moment for Tyrion is when he he finally gut shots Tywin. It's pretty fucking satisfying. Yeah. It's really satisfying and but it's also like the most the the person who who commands the most respect and like all he wants is to be seen as like dignified. He dies on the shitter. Dies on the shitter. Right? Yeah. Around his ankles. With his like what he calls like a little monster of a son. Just like holding the t- bow. taking a cheap shot, killing him with the gift that he gave his his favorite grandson Joffrey. Like it's just it's just poetic and mm-hmm. yeah. You got something from from Tyrion out of his whole catalog that stands out. God, so much. I don't. I'm, I don't know. Like it's everything. Yeah, yeah. it's a great character. Basically, anytime he ever slapped Joffrey was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Is he uh, just as likable in the books? Um, From what I've read, yes. Yeah, he is. You also get like... He's like more of a monster in the books, I know, than Peter Dinklage is. Yeah, he's supposed to be... Like, he's got Peter like Dinklage's, no nose, right, and yeah. different colored eyes. And yeah, the the axe that... Because it is Marin Trant who hits him with the axe at Blackwater, right? Yeah. He he, he cuts his nose off. When he oh, gets okay. With that. I've always seen like fan art and assumed that was like more of how he was an imp. Yeah. And not just a short person, you know what I mean? Right. But, um, moving on, I guess a little bit. Uh, Jamie Lannister. I feel like I feel like, you know, maybe not besides Cersei, who's more of a main character. I feel like uh, Jamie, along with the person we'll talk about next, have might have the most to do with this season out of the non-major characters. Yeah. Um, I do think there might be something to him killing Cersei. There's um, a lot of poetic justice in yeah, that. Right. Um, there's the there's I mean Maggie the witch that was her prophecy. She had been wrong. Yeah, and you know Jamie has been the the king killer, 
you know, Kingslayer. To kill the queen. Yeah. Becoming the queen slayer. Yeah. Would be... It's kind of obvious foreshadowing, uh, but also won't mind it if it winds up being correct. It'd be satisfying because you've seen how much he cares. How much yeah. he actually does love Cersei, no matter how fucked up she is. And mm-hmm. he kind of stopped last season. Uh, Maybe he's Azora High. Maybe. Everybody's Azora High. <laughs> we are all Azora High. A High. Yeah, I do like that. The end of last season, it's him saying like, "Like she's like, you took an oath to stand by me." He's like, "No, I took an oath to fight for the living." And then just basically just like peace, like just fucks off to the to the north. Mm-hmm. Has that kind of corny moment where he like stops on the top of that hill and looks back and then keeps riding. Yeah, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how welcome his arrival is up north. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's interesting because I think. The people up north, you know, the John and and now Danny crowd have very, I think they are truthful when they say we want all the help we can get. Right. So I don't think they're going to look, at, especially when they have Brian there, who's right. going to see Jamie and be like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're going to see Jamie as somebody they can probably use. Um, right. We've seen him in battle now a couple times since he's lost his, his sword hand. And he's still pretty good. Um, he did also realize the thing that I think I realized in season two, which is like, yeah, but you have a metal arm now. Yeah, you've got you to use that. You know, <laughs> whack people with it. You have a shield that you don't have to carry. Right. Boop them on the head. <laughs> Jamie, boop. Boop. That's, that's, how the, that's how the Night King does. He just gets a, like a Donkey Kong boop on the head from Jamie. Swamp. Well, importantly, we need Widow's Whale at the Wall. We need Widow's Whale up north. He has one of the few Valyrian steel swords. Mm-hmm. So he needs to get up there and he needs to cut some icicles down. Who's what's What was the name of the uh, Oathbreaker? Bran's got that. Mm-hmm. Oathkeeper. Oathkeeper. That's, yes. that's ice though, right? Was yeah, that's the other half of ice with Widow's Whale. The ceremonial ice. Um, wasn't that the thing with ice? It was like mainly a ceremonial sword because it was too big to be used to combat. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a combat sword. Right. It's a beheading sword. Right, yeah. He used it well for that. <laughs> Got used twice. Um, the other person I want to talk about who I feel like is probably the minor character who's going to play the biggest role in season eight uh, is one of my favorite minor characters, and it's Varys. Um, Varys just obviously knows a lot fucking more than we know he knows. Um, especially when you start getting into... I mean, Chris made a good point a few weeks ago, just I don't think it was on air, it may have been, but talking about how the... Uh, Guy who castrated him was maybe a... a Red priest. Yes. I was <laughs> saying dark wizard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, fuck, if he knows about, like... We'll talk about Melisandre in a little bit, but if he knows all that kind of shit, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, what doesn't he know? Right. Yeah, and then there's that weird prophecy that is alluded to in the last season where Melisandre says... She says, no, uh, you know... You and I both know that, Lord Varys, that you have to die here. Yeah. And he seems to be like, and he's oh, like, you know about that. Yeah. So it's odd. Yeah. I feel like there's still more we need to find out about Varys. Yeah, not, not hard and not easy to predict. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough info, I don't think, to really guess much, unless y'all have anything. I think I think it's it's nice. It's, it's an interesting point for him, because he's he's been... You know, people put him on his heels from time to time, but this the first time we ever see Varys afraid is when they have the uh, kind of the parlay with the dead man in the box. Yeah. When Varys sees it, it terrifies the shit out of him, um, which is interesting for a character who knows everything. 
Um, yeah. It would be like at this point seeing Bran get scared about something. Right. But. Was he the master of coin in the original? No, it's Littlefinger was the coin. Oh, uh, Littlefinger's coin. Master of Whispers was Varys. He, he was just the there because he knew all the kids. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I do think Varys is a character to, like, to watch. I mean, they're all to watch, but you know what I mean? I think he's got, he's going to have a big plays coming up. I don't really have a Varys moment, even though I love that character, that I can point to. I just think his arc of kind of bad guy in it for himself, not really, was super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's... But you felt like he was Littlefinger. You kind of threw him in with a Littlefinger type person. You definitely did, and he was sort of painted that way in the first season, but also it's like the most honest line of the series is when he tells Ned, I serve the realm in the cell, and he was just like, I don't... I do what's best for the people, and I'm sorry if that results in your head being cut off. Yeah. But I have to just keep trying to make decisions that serve the best for every for all the people. I can't be beholden to one person if I'm beholden to millions. So that's sort of Varys's Yeah. Deal. I mean I guess the turning point is him getting Tyrion, you know, across the uh water. Mm-hmm. But there didn't seem to be like a defining moment where you were like, Oh, Varys might not be like just an asshole. Right. Um it was a, a slow burn, which probably was why I like him so much. Yeah, yeah. fun arc. He's a good guy. Um, let's go ahead and talk about fucking Cersei, the character you love to hate. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> y'all do hate her, right? Yeah. It's it's sure, interesting. Yeah. You, you mentioned the books in Tyrion. Uh, you spend one of the books at least. Uh, you spend some time in her head as a perspective <clears throat> character, which is interesting. Uh, and you basically just know you find out from those that that she is a psychopath. Um, you know, all of the decisions she makes are for herself and to make her daddy proud, and that's it. Um, she loves her brother and she loves her kids, um, but that's all. And so she's, in a way, less three dimensional in the book. But it's just it's just so cemented when you get those perspective chapters, and then so to see it in the show, and she's just so like cold. And I, I honestly think that the pregnancy thing with Jamie was just like a ploy, where she like faked a pregnancy to try and get Jamie to like stay with her. Yeah, yeah, I did too. It reminded me of uh, like Mindy Kaling's character in The Office <laughs> with like Ryan. Was like I'm pregnant. Yeah, just like the last <laughs> straw, something she could pull out. Yeah, so. Just, so I don't know. I mean, she's 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 made a decision, and she's not going to help them, and she wants to betray the people who are fighting up north. She'd rather everybody die. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I think she says at some point, "I would rather no one sit on the throne." Right. She is now the Mad Queen. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah. She yeah. blew up the fucking Great Sept. Yeah. Was that something the Bad King did? No, he threatened to. And he, oh, okay. He burned people alive in the in like the the throne room with wildfire. With wildfire. Okay. So and she has a lot. There are a lot of parallels between Eris okay. and her. Yeah, Jamie kills Eris because Eris has gotten all of his people to place wildfire all around the city, and he was going to blow up King's Landing. <laughs> oh, okay. With yeah. with everyone in it, and that's why Jamie kills him. So when people call him like a kingslayer and disloyal, it's like, nah, dog, he's about to blow this shit up. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a fun character that I always forget about until he's on screen and probably had my favorite moment of last season uh, because the last time you see him interact with Jon Snow, he's being a fucking little shit. 
in season one of in Winterfell, treating John like a piece of shit, even though he's only there because his daddy and them all fucked up, and that's the reason he's with the Starks in the first place. But uh, Theon is interesting to me. I don't know he's going to have much to do, really, but it was super satisfying watching John pretty much tell him, like, you're alive because I'm letting you be alive. Yeah. That was just... Mm-hmm. The first season, he just... Great casting, man. He's got a fucking... Like, I know he's a... Seems to be, from all accounts, a really good guy. I had a really good interview from everything I've, I've, I've watched. But his face just has, like... Very punchable. A punchable yeah. quality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Alfie, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I don't know, is is Yara still in, uh, with, with Euron, or did Euron let Yara go? I think she's still there. Because Euron fucked off as soon as he saw the dead man in the box. He was like, nope, not me. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, the yeah, not doing this anymore. He got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. yeah. I've seen lots of crazy shit, but nothing this crazy. But he is somehow still aligned with Cersei, going to gather the army of mercenaries. Right. He's still so, so maybe that was supposed to be like a like a ruse. Yeah. But so yeah, because he's going to go get the Golden Company from Essos. As for Theon, is that the is that the the, the the bank? No. Oh, they use the Golden Company a lot. Okay. Um, but the Golden Company is just like the best uh, mercenaries you can buy. Um, they were started by an, by a Targaryen way back in the day, Blackfire. Okay. So, and then basically just fucked around on Essos, just killing for money. And this has got to be a, a Greyjoy discussion here, but I think Brent had something on Theon. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I was just going to say that I don't have really anything on That's... Theon. Just like, I don't know what he... He has uh, kind of completed his arc too, which is just like he had to find Theon again, right. and now he's Theon again. And but like better, but not a snivelling bullshit. Right, yeah. but like it's just kind of like I've, I kind of felt like the whole like he's got to go, because um, didn't he, have we seen him since uh, he got the crew together to go get Yara? Uh, I don't know. I don't, don't think, think so. so. That's the last thing we saw of him, which is he's like, I'm going to get my sister. Yeah, he asks permission of Danny to take some people on a boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I guess that's that's fine. It's a... I mean, his sister could be used, because by all accounts, she's a pretty great general. Right. So, mm-hmm. she might help the, yeah. with the impending war. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I guess him saving Sansa and what is that, season six... Yes. I don't know. He does a lot of betraying Sansa and then saving her from his betrayal. And then He was a frustratingly inconsistent character for uh, like a season yeah. and a half. Yeah. Um, the whole Reek thing never did a whole lot for me as far as a character arc. Um, no, that was more of just like the character arc for Ramsey mm-hmm. was the Reek thing. It yeah. wasn't the honor really. Um, I guess we could talk about the Hound in the Mountain. Are we, are we going to get... The Game Yes. Yeah. I'm sure we will. It was it was sort of foreshadowed by the Hound in uh, in the meeting, the uh, the big meet at the end of last season when he oh he sees uh, him that's right I because the mountain that. is sort of startled by the the uh, zombie thing, right? Uh, and he was just like, "Don't worry, that's not what gets you. You know what's coming for you." Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also weird that the. the the mountain is, is, a, by that. is also a zombie. Yeah. It's like, oh no, another zombie. Why do I think I'm Spanish? <laughs> oh no. Well, he hasn't spoken, so he might be. Uh, took a vowel silence, right? 
That's what I really want to hear. I want to hear like the Spanish guitar every time, like every time he comes on <laughs> on screen. Is there any chance that the Hound doesn't win Clicking Bull? Yeah, yeah, great chance. Sure, you think? Yeah, I think they're going to fight and they're going to destroy each other. He's gonna win. I think he's gonna win too. He's gonna win. They got <laughs> the Hound. For the they got, I mean, they, just, they went away from a lot of what they did in the early couple of seasons. I feel like I haven't had a truly shocking death in a while. Yeah. But what was the last, like, truly shocking moment of this person's no more? I mean, well, I guess by the time it actually happened... There it, were people that thought like Littlefinger was, Littlefinger. like, there till the end. Littlefinger was sort that of... They the, thought he was the mastermind behind all of it, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. So, I, I guess that did happen. It wasn't. There was a whole episode dedicated to it, though. So. Yeah. The kind of it wasn't like a what the hell I think our buddy Brian was my favorite thing was him on the first season in episode nine I guess yeah when that does but he was like talking to his roommate the whole time being like they're not gonna do it though right they're not killing them though right there's no way they're right he just told me they're not <laughs> gonna the do start it. the show yeah yeah they're not gonna kill so them. confused um these characters I don't think we, we have I mean they're going to play parts but I don't think huge parts maybe we'll start with Samuel Tarly because he definitely is going to play the biggest part in the like overall arc of the show yeah he's um, going to you know when John gets so tired I think Samuel is going to pick him up and carry him up the slope of Mount Doom so that uh, oh I'm sorry yeah. uh, <laughs> so, I was just so you can drop the Night King into Mount Doom <laughs> it's I <laughs> Just wanted to take that metaphor for a I just don't understand why the why they didn't just take the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean Sam's got two things he needs to do, and then I think he's in my mind. It's like okay, now like you know, get up to new hijinks. He's got to take Heartsbane north, and he's got to tell John the news, like hey, that uh, old marriage was annulled, and Lyanna and Rhaegar were officially married. Right, and then he and Bran can have a powwow about how they're kind of useless now. They'll have a new list of one thing to do. Yeah. It's Gilly. <laughs> Gilly. Gilly. Um, yeah, I mean, he is helpful. I guess the his information is spreading now, which is just like, uh, Dragon Glass is very useful, so I guess he can oversee arming the, the armies and whatnot, but I don't really know if Samwell has a whole lot of uh, remaining... I mean, he'll be a good maester, I guess, wherever he ends up. Yeah. He can cure Grayscale, which has never been done before. That's, no shit. That's pretty, pretty good. Cool. Grand maester. Yeah. At the end. That'd be nice. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to decide to order these last two little bits of conversation I want to have. Um, let's do this first. I'm going to lump these three together because I think they all have similar aspects in that they're kind of badass fighters that are going to be on the front line, but... Uh, Tormund and Brienne kind of have their own little story arc too which is one of my favorite parts of the show but I'm going to lump Jorah in there as well um, just kind of badass kind of mercenary types yeah. that are there going to be on the front line and going to kind of be the like colonels the second in commands yeah um, yeah I mean Tormund's the least interesting of the three <laughs> he's just uh, he's just the wildling that's still there yeah right and he's um, the character favorite and they knew it I think yeah. they can't get rid of him Fits, fits um, a great... He's, like, a, he's a badass, right? Yeah. Like, with the yes. with his shit. Well, yeah, I mean, do you remember the Battle of the Bastards when, even, like, when the crush started happening... He was, like, he, pushing back hundreds of people. He was and he was still fighting, but just, like, with his head. So he was, like, <laughs> fighting and headbutting and, like, 
gnashing his teeth at people even though they couldn't move their arms. Yeah. Um, can he rip someone's throat out with his teeth? Yeah, and then there are a few others I know they're not on the list too that I would also throw yeah, in there. Yeah, I was going like, to love uh, that. Like, Thoros of Mirdad, but who's his buddy? Beric Dondarrion. Beric Dondarrion is still a great fighter who's got one life left. <laughs> maybe. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. now that Thoros is gone. Maybe. Well, the last person we're talking about is Melisandre, so we can throw her into this too. She's just the wild card. Nobody's really dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that that's like, that that's, you know, like a trick that you can only do once. Maybe. Unless unless you're Thoris. Right. Well, I mean, like, maybe you can only do it with one person. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the, the most interesting thing to talk about with all those, like, uh, hired hands kind of up there is, like, who's going to die and who's not going to die? And I don't want to do that. Yeah. But, uh... I love I love that group of people that was stranded on that island in that dumb mission. Yeah, the, the story while while the action was kind of silly. Um, I think Chris made a good point on why it, why it happened, which I never heard before earlier uh, in the podcast about the just emotional nonsense of of John and Danny. But uh, I did like that group together. They were super fun. You know, the uh, Jorah was in that group, right? Yeah, yeah. It was seven of them, right? Yeah, plus some red shirts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was John, Jorah, Tormund, the Hound, Beric, Thoros, and row, row, row your boat, what's his name? Gendry. Gendry, yeah. Gendry. Uh, the weirdest reappearance ever, and then like, but what are you doing? <laughs> and they, Why are you here? And they would have been fine if the Hound hadn't gone uh, Star-Lord on everyone and just uh, ruined, ruined the fight. Yeah. Bye. Showing the zombie horde that they could now make it across the ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, Brienne, her story's kind of done too. It was like, reunite the Stark girls. That was her oath. Yep. She's got the Jamie tie-in. Yeah. Which like, I think could There's some nice be... moments for her yeah. to come, but does she have anything big to accomplish other than just help the Starks win this Yeah, I mean, battle? her whole thing is just being Sansa's protection, mm-hmm. right? She has to wind up with Tormund in the end. If they don't, if either of them don't die. I mean, that's also kind of a, a grace note. I know it's something that's like fun and they joke about. But like, her whole thing is like, people never thought of her as a lady. They always thought that it was, it was like, that she was not even a tomboy, but she was just like hideous. Like an ogre. And, yeah, an ogre. And then like, here's this guy who finds her like unimaginably attractive. <laughs> Like he's just it, thinking about his big giant babies he's gonna have. Yeah, with her. yeah. Like the only way she could be prettier to him if, is if she was just like bigger, taller. and if she, yeah. had, and if she somehow had a beard. <laughs> um, and then Jorah, boy, Jorah's up and down over the seasons too. Which is just like betrayed Danny. Then Danny sent him away to get his grayscale fixed. So like I know, did we see him reunite with Danny last season? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At because his uh, at the castle that she has, what's it called, uh, Dragonstone. Yeah. Okay. So she's seen him since he's been cured. Yeah, I mean, she also saw him because she went up to the wall where they were all stranded. So she definitely. Oh right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yes. Okay. So he's just with them, just gonna fight with them. Now. Yeah, and he is going to probably eventually die, uh, sacrificing himself for Danny in some big epic way. Yeah, he's definitely gonna fight because he's doing whatever Danny says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the rest of his life. He and John had that cool moment where John tried to give Longclaw back, and he's like, no, 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 this is yours. Right. Like, he's also going to get Heartsbane, right, we assume? Probably. The a, Yeah, that's the speculation from the trailer. Heartsbane, the uh, Tarly 
house sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Mo's Honor? Do you think she throws in like a ton of intrigue into what's coming up? I mean, why can't she make one of her little smoke babies to go kill the Night King? That's a <laughs> you know. Oh, it really took a lot out of her. <laughs> I mean, that's like really inconvenient magic. That's like, all right, I'm going to kill someone, but in two weeks, and I'm going to get really pregnant for two weeks. So right. <laughs> just don't don't bother me, and then I'm going to lose out a oily smoke baby that's yeah. going to kill someone. Yeah. And then I'm going to send to this island and lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what to think of the uh, that particular magic in this universe. It's fucking weird. Um, I don't know if it's going to play a huge part. It seems like they're kind of setting it up to be like the one true like religion because it's the only one we've seen like constant proof of through every season. You know what I mean? Well, I like constantly reminded that it's not bullshit, I guess. Well, I, yes and no, because we know that the faceless God is, is there's actual magic or trickery that's happening there. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I know that, like, and I think one of the first things you told me in Game of Thrones, or maybe it was Brent, was, like, every religion they talk about is real. Yeah, it's all true. Right. Like, the the old gods and the weirwoods and the green seeing, that's right. all true. You know, and it's funny because, like, as, like, kind of backcountry hillbillies as the, uh, the Greyjoys are, their religion's kind of true, too, but it's just CPR. Right. It's using yeah. myth to explain something that we all know. Right. Um... So, so I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's interesting because Thoros really he's resurrected Beric a lot, but that's all he's really able to do. And Melisandre can see in the flames, but she's she's often is like, well, sometimes the Lord of Light doesn't tell us in direct ways. So she's been wrong before too, right? Um, and I don't know if that's the, the human element or what. There's not a whole lot more for her to do. I mean, what's she going to do? Tell people the night is dark and full of terrors? And they're going to be like, yeah, we see it. Okay, yeah. we got it. The terrors are here. They've arrived. Yeah, that cool shit doesn't hold any weight anymore. Yeah. Carry any weight anymore. Um, well, cool. We spent about as much time as we need to, I think. April 14th. Uh, the last season of Game of Thrones will drop. It'll be Just like two days from now if you're listening to this on publication day. Sunday night. Yeah. Um, super fucking, super fucking exciting. Yeah. Um, I still think Game of Thrones is kind of the show that's gonna be uh, through the years, just not compared to anything else. Like you can't compare this to Breaking Bad or The Wire or anything. It's too right. different. I mean, these are these are Marvel movies. These are just ridiculous amount of money being spent. Um, I mean, still the best dragons I've ever seen in fiction. Um, better than the ones that were in you know like Goblet of Fire. Which yeah. is a movie that spent as much money, but um, the show's just next level good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Nope. Nope. <clears throat> I guess I could try to make my prediction for how the season ends. I got one right. One last season. <laughs> Predicted the season would end with the destruction of the wall. Uh, so this season will end with the construction of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And changes playing over it. Ewoks. <laughs> Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, uh, King's Landing votes. They finally fund the wall. <laughs> they head up and start building it. Yeah. it. It actually ends with one of the dragons going into uh, the throne room 
and he's going to roar really loudly, and then a banner is going to drop in front of him. I thought he was going to sit on it. He'd be like, "Hey, Dragon's King!" Yeah, I was and, then, and then they're going to they're going to zoom out, and Westeros is actually Isla Nublar, and Jurassic Park starts. I was thinking that's in a marble <laughs> with a giant alien playing with it. I was just thinking, uh, like Tyrion is like looking at the empty throne room and just turns the light off. <laughs> and shuts the door, and then you just hear the where everybody knows your name song, just playing it out like it's the end of a Cheers episode. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that. what I want. Like what if the whole season is flash sideways? <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough of this game. Brent things up, and then and then the the, <laughs> the lost title thing happens. <laughs> all of all of Westeros is in a little kid's snow globe in his bedroom. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. I wonder if Game of Thrones will be part of the universe. The Mickey... W- w- it's like, yeah, because there was a car wash there on Westeros. <laughs> you missed it. You had to look hard in the background. There was uh, a... Uh, what's Gus's chicken place called? <laughs> El Pollo Loco? Yeah. Yeah, they stop... Or the North Rock stop for chicken. <laughs> so it's part of the universe now. <laughs> uh, Alright, well that was uh, the Talkie Talk Game of Thrones Season 8 preview. You can... Uh, Talk more about Game of Thrones on the TV by us Facebook group this year. That'll be fun. Um, subscribe to our podcast. Email us if you want. Tweet with us if you want. And thank you to the Willow Walkers. Thanks. For Willow intro Walkers. Music. And thank you to Boo Reefa for the outro music. Boo Reefa. Thank you to you, the listener. Thanks, Brandon. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.